This is the Infatuation Podcast, where I get together with people to talk about Asian things that we love. This is Curtis, and on today's episode, we are doing a special podcast collaboration with the Worst Asian Podcast, talking about the live-action remake of the anime Cowboy Bebop. Welcome to episode number 16 of the Infatuation Podcast. Today, we are talking to, well, we are talking about uh, the Netflix show Cowboy Bebop, but to be honest, I am more excited just to talk to my guest about podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll talk about Cowboy Bebop a little but The voice you hear is coming from Queens, New York, and it is half of the team over at the Worst Asian Podcast. It is Lingji. Welcome, Lingji. Thank you, Curtis. Thanks for having me today. So, uh, listeners out there, how do we get? To, how did Lingji and I get together? Um, well, we just both started a podcast this year. Uh, you're what? Mm-hmm. September? When did you guys start? Oh no, we're uh, we're like, we're brand new born. We are in October. I want to say mid October. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and why well, I'm still just, crawling along. Well, I mean, I, I started in June, so it's not like and I'm, I'm not running marathons yet either, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so we just started a podcast, and, and new podcasters are always looking for audience and always just seeing what else is out there, and so I mm-hmm. think we, I don't know who found each other first, but uh, we kind of uh, found each other on Instagram and started listening to each other's podcast and um, and commenting on, you know, little things that we throw up there on, on a story or maybe maybe a post on Instagram, and we, we would comment, and we just started talking that way, and you know, there's not a lot of people that understand the podcast life. Lingji is like, oh yes, yes, there is, there is few of us. I forgot who who slid into whose DMs, but that's yeah. how it all started. Yeah, basically, that's how it starts. You know, you know, you would think that having two podcasters on today, I think your expectations are probably a little bit too high. You're looking for great discussion, great points, really awesome segues, maybe. Um, but I'm just telling you, just be prepared to be a little bit disappointed. Yeah, you know, well, like I said, I, I, we were supposed to talk about Cowboy Bebop. Uh, we kind of got on the topic. I think I was saying, I think one of the times we were just chatting, it's like, yeah, I'm watching Cowboy Bebop. And you said, I'm watching Cowboy Bebop. And I was like, oh, I need someone to do an episode with me. And you came on. Perfect. But then, yeah, it, it worked out like that. But but yeah, you know, we're definitely not professionals. Yeah, I don't know what my ex- expectations are. I'm just hoping to have a good conversation, so <laughs> we'll see. Curtis, you have my full permission. If this thing goes really sour today, you don't ever have to air this. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's a little bit uh, behind the scenes, inside baseball for you for you listeners out there. If for some reason you're listening to this, that means this episode went fairly well, or Curtis had absolutely nothing. We had nothing he better. Had zero, he has zero content. <laughs> There was nothing in the backlog, so he, he had to release this out there. No, I, I have nothing in the backlog. This has to go. I need, <laughs> I need something by Wednesday, <laughs> and and you're it, man. That's all we got. So, That's a lot uh, of pressure. So if you tuned in to hear two dads talking about podcasting, you're in the right place. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So uh, 
Well, the worst Asian podcast. Uh, you and your partner is not your par- no, your podcast partner, not your your lifelong My podcast co- husband. Yeah, <laughs> your podcast bro is Ben. Uh, how did you and Ben come up with that name? Uh, you know, to be honest with you, there was a lot of SEO things, so we definitely <laughs> wanted to stick the word Asian in there. And then from there, we were just down for anything. And I think through the course of conversation, conversation and just joking around, we said, "Why not the War Station podcast?" At least then. You could keep the expectations low, yeah. And whatever the listeners got, it would just be the cherry on top. Yeah, because if it if it totally sucks, it's like, well, what do you expect? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> plus, plus one big bonus was when you call yourself the worst of something. It's not surprising that all these social media handles have not been taken. Yet. <laughs> you can get your Twitter, your Instagram, your Twitter, your, your Instagram, your TikTok. It's all very uniform. So my. <laughs> OCD brain is very very happy about that. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, and and it's easy to search up. Like mine is a little hard because it's a pun. It is, it is. It's a great pun, by the way. I I like it, but there's sometimes people go infatuation. You know, they're searching that up, yep. or you know, they're spelling it correctly. And I'm like, no, no, what are you doing? It's a pun. <laughs> it's a pun. You don't get the joke. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, and I like the way. You know, the, maybe it's maybe it's an Asian and you decided, you know, do we want to call ourselves a bad podcast? No. Let's go all the way. Yeah. And go, call ourselves the worst. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 So Starting not, from the bottom. Yeah. You're not just pretty awful. You're, you're the worst. But uh, <laughs> just kidding. Um, it's a great show. I, I like listening to it. It's a it's a fun conversation. And you hit you hit all the all the sweet topics like you're hitting. uh talk about money in one podcast. You talk about yeah. family a lot. We talk about interracial dating surprisingly yeah. that's our number one episode so far yeah no that was By that far. was good good one is that your favorite or do you have a favorite uh, that actually is our favorite so far to do you know the thing is doing the whole podcast thing number one we wanted to keep curtis entertained on his drive to and from work <laughs> very i think important. that's very very important but aside from that it's just two guys having a conversation uh very akin to what you would have with your best friend over beer or a couple bottles of soju. Yeah. You know, the great thing about the internet is there is no minimum requirement to start putting yourself out there. <laughs> yeah. So there was no barrier. There was a there was a slight paywall, but there was no actual barrier. So we put ourselves out there. We try to have genuine, unfiltered conversations. I think sometimes people get a bit too uptight about having all the facts. Um, we're not uptight about that. I'm just saying it's okay to have an open dialogue and kind of figure things out, figure out what you don't know, and just go from there. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's that's what podcasting is in a way. It's just listening in on a couple people having a conversation, and they're kind of inviting you in. So, uh, so yeah, welcome to the Infatuation Studio. You can come on in and have a chat, everybody. <laughs> yep. Uh, and, and I feel, I feel like more than other, other media podcasting is, is a relationship, you know, where you kind of, it's very intimate. Yeah. And you, and I I don't know if people write into you that often, but you know, I have a few that write in almost every week and they give, you know, and some of them I know and some of them I don't know, but they're, they're just like, Oh, I like the episode or they'll just give me a two second review or you know just give me one little factoid i missed or something like that that's one of those things that i think i said to you previously one of the unexpected nice things about this has been meeting people like yourself and and talking to fans and whatnot it's been nice to just get some feedback from people whether it's positive or constructive it's always been very nice to like get genuine feedback from people and to know that someone out there is actually listening to your opinions yeah which is not that it's a 
good idea to do so, but that they are <laughs> for whatever reason. For whatever reason, right? And it's and you know you get the analytics right, so you know that they're all over the country, all over the world. Yep, which is fascinating. You know, I I have a strong. I, I don't know if I could call it strong, but I have one, maybe two. Listeners in Bermuda, which is, I don't know. Oh, me too. Hey, maybe it's the same person. Yeah, <laughs> it's the same person that's listening to you and me. Oh, man. I, o- I always joke with Ben. I'm, I, I tell him, these people must be using a VPN, and they're just rerouting to some other country. Possible. Possible. That's a possibility, too. But I, I like to imagine someone sitting in a hammock, you know, drinking some rum, <laughs> make, maybe some uh, some rum on a hammock, do, you know, maybe fishing, listening to us uh, talk about... Oh, you're, oh, you're definitely a glass half full kind of person. <laughs> you're imagining... Very optimistic. You're imagining some North Korean prisoner <laughs> using a VPN. <laughs> using a VPN, exactly. <laughs> Oh man, uh, yeah, but that was super fun. Like, I get, you know, Luxembourg, you know, all these crazy. No, I don't want to say crazy. Luxembourg, we Aren't love you. you. Number eight, number five, there. No, I'm number two hundred nineteen. Two hundred nineteen. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> hey man, I, I was. I'm still proud of two nineteen. Trust me, that's that's probably the highest. That's I, up there. That's up there. Yeah, no, but I I looked it up. I was like, man, I'm number two hundred nineteen in Luxembourg, and I looked it up, and it's like eight downloads. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, man, if they, if they listen to nine episodes, I might make the top 100, you know, so. Seriously, you might. So Luxembourg, out there, download like Say five, <laughs> download five more for me. Get me into the top 10, man, that'd be cool. Uh, so yeah, Bermuda, hello, this is your dream come true, you get to hear both of us <laughs> at the same time. Oh man, we're awesome. Make sure you put on that sunscreen wherever you are listening to this MP window. Yeah, I'm imagining really light white sand beaches and and yeah, a lot of tequila. All right, so we are coming to you uh, by coastal here. We got two coasts. Um, now you're born and raised uh, Queens, raised in Flushing Queens. Uh, the same for me and my podcast husband. We're both uh, in Queens for the majority of our lives. Ben was born, born. Ben was born here. I was actually born in China. And then I went over to France for a couple of years when I was young, and then I came over here to the U.S. Huh. Yeah, I, uh, I would say, you know, when I, my sister moved to Manhattan, um, maybe in her 20s, and, and uh, she lived there for about 12, 13 years. And I didn't realize, like, I had never been before, so I went to visit her, and I realized, because I live in San Francisco, which I think is a, I think of as a city, right? But then mm-hmm. I went to New York and I realized, no, San Francisco is like a small town. <laughs> oh, yeah. Compared- In terms of just the uh, building height and the sheer scale of things, right? Everything. Yeah. 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 You know, like, because San Francisco is danky. We're not even a million people. You know, <laughs> we are really small. And our downtown is like cute, right? <laughs> Compared to Manhattan. Yeah, it's cute. It's nice. Yeah. but San Francisco was actually the last place I flew to prior to COVID. Oh, it yeah. It was in... February of 2020, just before things got real. Oh, wow. Really, really right before it. Yeah, right, right before. Yeah, yeah. And you said you didn't love it, but... Uh, I Hey, if you're listening to, to us from San Francisco, I didn't say I, I didn't love it. I just said Flushing, Queens was a, a little bit better. <laughs> you know, not non-biased opinion. Well, you know, just real talk, if you ever come out again, I will give you the Insiders Tour, and I think you'll like it better. I think the tourist that view is of San deal. Francisco, yeah, San Francisco, the touristy places, eh, you know, not the best, mm. the little hole in the walls are a little better. Yeah, that's true of probably anywhere. But, I'll uh, hold you to it. All right, yeah, yeah, for real. Um, but I think I've only been to Flushing 
maybe once or twice. Um, but a long time I, ago? Yeah, it was a while ago. Um, but I do want to go. I've been, you know, you watch a lot of, do you watch any of the Fung Bros or yeah, yeah. Uh, YouTube stuff? They're always here. Yeah, they're always in New York, and they're always trying amazing food in Flushing, you know. And they are Korean food, Chinese food, Japanese food. It's so it looks so good. And the um, the Worth It guys from BuzzFeed they did a Peking Duck episode in Flushing. Right, right. And then Mike Chang used to live in Flushing too. Right. Not sure where he is now. I think he's in Texas. Well, he's all over. Is he? Yeah, he's all yeah. over. Yeah, no, so I got to get out to Flushing just for the food, I think, if anything. Yeah, Flushing is definitely the mecca of Asian foodie culture. Yeah. For sure. I think so. Yeah, I mean, we have kind of maybe, San Francisco is more the southern Chinese, but you've got the northern, the Taiwanese, the Fujian. Wide, wide range. Yeah. Lots of Cantonese, lots of Guangdong places, lots of Taiwanese places as well. It's a, it's a wide, wide range here. Yeah, yeah, and the Korean food is... Of course, of course. Next level. All Next right. level. All right. So we got to do an exchange. <laughs> uh, we are, actually, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm not inviting myself over or anything, but I am going to New York this summer. So <laughs> oh, you are? Yeah. <laughs> Next summer. Uh, yeah. Seriously. Yeah, 2022. Um, but oh, we're only, we're only there for like five days, so we'll see. I want to get out to Flushing, but maybe we can grab some Peking duck or something. We'll... 100%. 100%. All right. You yeah. can hold me to that. Okay, all right. We'll meet the fam. We'll see. The shy wives might get along. Maybe the introverted wives will, <laughs> will get along. Who's into plants? Your wife or you? Uh, my wife likes them, but I, I'm more of the caretaker of them. Okay, so you and my wife can get along. Because <laughs> I was telling you before, in the background, just in case you have a Instagram, YouTube snippet or something, there's a lot of plants in the background. Yeah, it looks great. Uh, yeah, no, my wife's a crafter. She likes, you know, home home crafting stuff. So, yeah, maybe someday we'll get together, hang out. We'll, we'll do an on-location food review. On uh, Oh, that would be nice. Yes. Yeah, yeah. For sure. All right. Flushing. All right. So, we're here. Oh, oh well, one more thing. I uh, wanted to mention that you got, I think it's going till the end of the month, the charity raffle. Oh, yes, yes. So, uh, what we are trying, trying to do, trying is the uh, big word that we need to <laughs> emphasize here. What we're trying to do is we're trying to raise awareness for the AIP Community Fund that's on GoFundMe. Now, that's already one of the largest funds that's out there. I think currently they're at $6 million, close to $7 million, but yeah. their ultimate goal is $8 million. And unfortunately, this past quarter, this last quarter of the year or so, things have really kind of dried up or so. You. You can actually go on to the website and you can see the historical list of donations that things really have dried up. So we're just trying to do our, our part, maybe push uh, people to make a small donation. You know, minimum donation is only $5. Like I was joking with Ben, like I always joke, and I think we'll say this in a previous one of our, in a future episode that we release. But, you know, skip your next boba tea, skip your next bottle of soju or something. You're not going to miss it. Take that $5, $10, donate. It's a good cause. And as an incentive, we're giving out prizes and such. So uh, not to plug our thing, but just to plug the charity. If you want to win some prizes, go to our Instagram, worstasianpod.com. There'll be a post there. There'll be a video post. They'll have all the rules, all the prizes and whatnot. Like I said, minimum $5, skip the boba, do something good. But statistically, you have a good chance of winning something good. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. No, go plug away, man. No, we want to go to Worst Asian Podcast or Worst Asian Pod on Instagram. Correct, and, correct. Um, there's links in your bio there, and they'll mm -hmm. get you get you over to the um, Stop Asian Hate site. And, yeah, donate what you can, man, because it's still going on. We have a news reporter out here, uh, Dion Lim. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. 
but she uh man i sometimes i can't i have to keep scrolling because she just anytime someone sends her some video footage of um someone getting attacked it just uh kills me man because it's like yeah these, it does. Are, these are just the ones that are caught on tape too so you mm-hmm. know there's so many more that are not being reported because you know the asian community a lot of times just keep your head down don't cause trouble you know yep. and keep so to yourself yeah, there's got to be hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of more attacks that are not being reported and people's lives devastated and may never be the same in some cases, you know, with psychologically or financially or, or physically, whatever. There's all kinds of damage that's being done by these attacks. And it's just, there's no point. To, I don't see any point to it. So it's just, um, yeah, you got to do what you can, right? And Yep. Five Even bu- if it's a drop yeah. of the bucket. Exactly. Yeah. If enough of us do five bucks... You know, we'll get to that eight million, right? Yep. Yep. So Agreed. cool. I'm proud of you guys for doing that. Um, best Appreciate of the luck. Help. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the infatuation nation will come through for you. I, <laughs> I feel it. <laughs> please. I just, please. I just named our fandom. They don't know what they're called or anything, but I just named them. <laughs> All right. Well, well, it's good to have, it's good to have a fandom name. Yeah. <laughs> That's assuming you have fans, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're actually here to record a podcast, not just promote our own podcast. <laughs> we're, we're actually here to actually talk about Cowboy Bebop, which yes, um, was really, really popular back in the 90s. Now, I know I'm a lot older than you, so um, I was already in college. Mm. I was past, I was actually out, just out of college, probably around that time. Were you mm. like a little kid? Were you like... No, no, no. I'm 34 right now, so... When the Cowboy Bebop came out, I was uh, well at at that time I was still pretty young, but I watched it a, a couple years later. Okay, and it's a it may be a surprise to you, but, but one of my hidden superpowers is I'm a self proclaimed anime slash manga weeb and oh. lover of all otaku culture. So you got the right person on here. Yeah, yeah, no, I because I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I really, yeah, I don't know why. I think I would, I I feel like I would like anime if I ever got into it because I like. You know, I'm I like I'm a visual person. I like seeing things, mm-hmm. and I like I like the the aesthetics as well as you know the storytelling. But for some reason, I've never gotten into manga or anime. So yeah, okay. So you got to help me out here. So uh, 1998, I think. Correct. Uh, is only 26 episodes. Is that like yep. one year? Is that two years? That's just one season. Um, and without giving away, there's a reason why it was just done after a single season. But the original. Anime is one of the few things that the weeb fandom can agree is definitely a masterpiece. There are a few things that the anime fandom can come together and say, this we all uh, say yes to, but Cowboy Bebop was very unique in its visual styles. It was a mixed genre masterpiece. And I think for a lot of people that, that, that don't watch anime, it's one of the few things I would say, give it a shot. I think you will enjoy it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, no, I, I just watched a few. We'll talk about this later, but it's also mm-hmm. on Netflix. You can watch the anime. But yeah, so maybe what makes it a little bit legendary is that it was only one season or one, was only 26 episodes. So, And it's made a lot of people's best anime ever list. Is it on your top 10, you think? Would you? Yeah, I've, I, I don't have a personal listicle of my top 10, but I would say it. wherever it falls in, in the top 10, it's well-deserving of it. It's in the it's in the conversation for sure. Definitely. Uh, so they they kept uh, kept a lot of it. I think um, Spike Spiegel is kind of this iconic character. 
that I, I know I've seen him before, even though I didn't watch the anime. He's so iconic that you kind of see him around, maybe on a t-shirt yeah. or, or somewhere. You've probably seen him on media, uh, doing cosplay maybe. Some people do cosplay of him on memes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's he's definitely out there. If, you, if you've never seen the anime, you've seen the, the character for sure. If someone throws up a picture of him, even if you've never seen the anime, you recognize the figure at least. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I feel like when I was watching, I was like, hey, I know this guy, even though I don't know this guy, you know, like <laughs> yeah, you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in the peripheral vision for sure. Mm. Uh, so, so this one is only ten episodes, so they had to cut some material, obviously, or save some material for season two, right? Maybe, mm. maybe. we'll talk about that. But so Spike is kind of, how would you describe him? nonchalant, or how how would you describe uh, he's him? D- he's definitely nonchalant. He's easygoing. He kind of just flows with things, much like how their spaceship. Uh, the bebop kind of just you know flows about and just goes with things i think his attitude on life is kind of the same way and a lot of that has to do with his backstory yeah yeah okay so then he's partnered with jet black who is muscular has a robotic arm is that a robotic arm that's yeah it's a replacement arm and i think in one of the episodes they uh they tell you why he he has that arm yeah but yep. the two of them together, it, it's essentially like a buddy cop series, mm-hmm. a sci-fi buddy cop series. Yeah, yeah. So Jet Black is a little more serious. He worries a little bit more, but he's he's a softy. You know, he's tough on the outside, softy. And then there's kind of like the uh, now Playboy is not the right word, but he's you know Spike's <laughs> That's definitely kinda, not the right word for no for Spike. Like kind of I don't know. He's He's, I don't know how, is there a, is there a, another character that you might say that he compares well to Yeah, from a different series maybe? Or, or even oh, just in like a real, like a Han Solo, you know, kind of a, got the good lines, got great hair. <laughs> I'm blanking right now. You're yeah. supposed to be the good one at this. Well, I'll, I'll edit out, I'll edit out this silence so we'll sound like geniuses. <laughs> let's think, let's think. Kind of a Brad Pitt, kind of a, hmm. Yeah, I can see that. I can see a little bit. Kind of put me on the spot right now, but I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. But he's very cool. He's very laid back, very relaxed. He has that certain swag to him. Well, you know which one kind of fits is Harold from Harold and Kumar, right? Like, uh, To a certain extent, yes. Yeah, smart, but kind of just cool, but, you know, kind of dorky at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure that, went that. In, that probably went into their thinking a little bit. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, so they fly around a spaceship called the Bebop, and they are cowboys, which in this universe uh, is, are bounty hunters. Correct. Looking for people that are wanted. I think I think that the storyline is they're wanted by the police, so they get the reward from the police if they catch them. Um, and the year is twenty seventy one. Which fun fact in twenty seventy one I will be one hundred years old. <laughs> 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 Just a little side note there. Uh, and so it's a weird little mashup, right? It's a weird, you know, it's cowboy, so there's kind of a Western feel to it, but it's also kind of filmed in a noir kind of way, like 1930s. Yeah. You know. It's a mixed genre. It's a grab bag of a lot of different things. Yeah. And I think that is part of the reason why it's done so well, because it kind of, no matter which genre you lean towards, there's always a little bit of something there for you. Yeah. It's very charming. The music is jazzy swing jazz like really really fun soundtrack so it episode by episode they're kind of looking you know they have an episodic nature where they they have someone that they're looking for on each episode 
but and usually they're trying to make money off of these people but there is this longer subplot of a um, of a story that you know centers around Spike or Fearless, right, and and who he was, as well as uh, what he's trying to accomplish in life a little bit. So, um, so it's fun. It's a fun show. I think they started this in 2017. I, I read so they they had this on the back burner for a while. And yeah, they did, and then due to uh, in part because John Cho himself got hurt, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. He got Towards hurt. ACL. Yeah. So he was out for like six months, and then this little thing called uh, coronavirus came on. Yep. yep. There was that too. Yeah. So everything kind of it wasn't it wasn't a blessed production. They had a lot of setbacks, but you know Netflix picked it up, and you know the cast is pretty fun. So like we said, they have uh, John Cho, which he's the main character, Spike Spiegel. Um, which you all know from Harold and Kumar. Uh, Better Luck Tomorrow, I think you mentioned that on your last show. Yeah, he was in Better Luck Tomorrow. That was OG back then. He was in that. He was in Searching. That was a more recent movie that he had. Yeah. Um, Selfie. He's in a lot. You ever watch Sel- Selfie? It I was have not watched Selfie. sitcom in 2014, and it was the first Asian male lead in a sitcom with a Caucasian woman. Was this on the major station? Yeah, yeah, it was ABC, NBC, something yeah, one like of that? those, yeah, one of those American uh, networks, a big one, and it only lasted seven episodes. Oh, jeez! They canceled it. Midway. That's probably why I, I never heard of it. Exactly. Yeah, and it's too bad because it has a following, has kind of a cult following. And John Cho says he gets, you know, he gets messages every so often, like, "Oh, we missed <laughs> that show," and he said he had a good time on that show, but yeah, yeah, didn't make it. Uh, mm. I'm, I'm emphasizing it here because I know I forgot it in our sitcom episode. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, there was one, and and if anyone was gonna be the first Asian male romantic lead, it's got to be John Cho, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, definitely. He, he has. He the, seemed like he was out there way before a lot of other people. Yeah, for sure. That he could he could play. At, you know, he was in that movie Searching, like you said, and it wasn't necessarily. Um, a real Asian-y role, right? It was just kind of like a dad looking for his daughter. Looking for his dad using the power of social media. Yeah, It was just a, a, a regular good story and then just happened to have an Asian protagonist. Yeah, yeah. So he he's kind of crossing over stuff maybe before, you know, a lot of other things came out. So, yeah, so I think, I think most people love him. I, I can't think of any bad role that he's ever had. Can we also say that John Cho got in really good shape for this show? <laughs> yeah. Really, really good shape. I do not remember John Cho being so fit before. I never... <laughs> re- Did he ever have a shirtless scene prior to this show? Maybe. Not that Her- I remember. Maybe in Harold Kumar, like part two or something. <laughs> Maybe when yeah, they go yeah. to Guantanamo Bay. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, but no. he did not look like this. No, yeah, and he's he's doing a lot of fighting in this one. Do you know how old he is? He's forty something, right? He's forty nine. Dang, he's one year younger than me, man. So he is. Wow. Uh, yeah, he's, he's looking good. good. He's looking good. We'll we'll talk a little bit more about his performance later, but yeah, good. Always good to see John Cho on the screen, and you know, and they had a choice, I think, because in the anime. I mean, Spike Spiegel's not necessarily an Asian character in that. Okay, so this is where you have me on for Okay, yeah, so, okay, good, good, good. So in the anime, I don't think it's ever directly referenced, and someone can correct me on this. I, I don't think he was ever directly referenced as being Japanese or Asian, but in a subsequent manga, 
I read that he was directly referenced as being Japanese. Okay. All right. So, so they did the right lore. thing. Yeah. yeah. They did the right thing. They definitely did the right thing because a lot of the cast, you know, Jet, Jet Black and Faye Valentine mm-hmm. are not necessarily written as Asian. They have, you know, like Faye has a little bit of a Japanese-y yeah, um, pop it's girl. Amb- ambiguous sometimes. Yeah. But, it, you know, the rest of the cast... Uh, of the anime weren't necessarily Asian. It, 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 you know, obviously they're speaking Japanese in the anime. But, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, it seemed like a mixed cultures. You know, they have all over different planets. They're all over the place, so it makes sense to be a diverse cast. But they they went with John Cho as the lead. Uh, Mustafa Shakir, you ever watch Luke Cage? Yes, that's the only place where I've seen him before. When I saw yeah. him, I was like, "It's that guy from Luke Cage." Me too. Yeah, same. So he's he's in here. <laughs> And then Daniela Pineda as Faye Valentine. I don't think I've ever seen her before. Same here. I have not seen her in in anything before. But yeah, she's great. She's great. So the cast is strong. You know, Netflix doesn't. You know, they don't. They don't pull purse strings on. You know, they they spend money for the most part. They don't. Yeah, yeah. except on dubbing. Oh, dubbing. Yeah, we we talked a little bit about that on our podcast. Yeah, they spent the budget for dubbing. It's like two thousand bucks or something like that. <laughs> Uh, okay, so that's the cast, um, and it did well. Um, I haven't looked at Rotten Tomatoes, but on Netflix, it got up to, I think it got all the way to number one or number two Yeah, for, for a little bit. The first week or so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, the, I, I, I don't know if I backed myself in a corner with this statement a couple weeks ago, but I said, if anything makes it to, anything with an Asian lead makes it to the top ten on Netflix, we'll do a show on it. So, I might be... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of stuff coming out, so you might have a lot of these episodes lined up, which I guess is good for the content. Good for the content, but uh, yeah, I don't know if I can keep up. But uh, yeah, so I, I felt like I wanted to do it, and then lo and behold, you came along to help me out with this. So let's get into it. Let me go ahead and throw out the spoiler alert. So anyone mm-hmm. who has not watched this show, um, you know, some people like spoilers. I have one one listener, Margaret. She says, I don't care. I'll listen to this. <laughs> Spoiler or not, so uh, if you Hi, have, Margaret, if, if you want to listen, Margaret, go ahead. Uh, the rest of you uh, tune out if you don't want to hear anything about the actual plot or the show. I'm going to play a little a little snippet of the Seatbelts. The Seatbelts is the amazing band that does a lot of the theme. There's the theme song and a lot of the music uh, composed by Yoko Kano in Japan, and this is the original. So when was that? Yes, uh, it is. Yeah, like 13 years ago, she did the original song and got this band together. And it's a big band. It's a, you know, full wind band, swing band. And so the song, the the songs are amazing. So I'll play a little bit of it. When the song is over, you know, you 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 should be gone by then if you don't want to hear any spoilers. So <laughs> this is uh, called Tank by the Seatbelts. I think it's time to blow this scene. Get everybody in the stuff together. Okay, three, two, one, let's jam. I love that song. Every time I hear it, it gets me going. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I love that song. So good, right? So, yeah, so listen for the music. 
watch for the the visuals and i want to give props to whoever at netflix or the powers that be that was smart enough to recognize that the soundtrack and the music was one of the key components that made the original anime so good and the fact that they brought back the exact same composer that worked on the first anime and brought her in and she uh mixed up some of these new things for this live action it was great yeah you have to have it yeah and uh it's a partnership this was a true partnership i think where the original company what's it called tomorrow or Mm, not sure we can't think of the name right (laughs) but the (laughs) whatever company it was whatever studio it was that produced it in 98 they uh they partnered with them to to make sure they kept kept it uh pretty faithful yeah so here's a question for you lingji um Mm -hmm. has there ever been in your mind a successful anime to live action adaptation the short answer is no yeah i think that (laughs) That that pretty much sums it up. I think people always uh, poop on Dragon Ball, the live action movie by M Night Shyamalan, did right, and that movie, you know, t- to be fair, deserves all the poop that it gets because it really is just that bad. And uh, to the <laughs> listeners out there, you have my personal express permission to continue to poop on that movie because it is it is a train wreck in every oh, aspect. It just uh, it's cringeworthy. I. I can do a whole episode about why that thing is so bad. Okay. But we might have to do it. To be fair, <laughs> to be fair, it's not just the Western studios that are are doing bad things with anime. Um, I think you have a lot of Japanese studios who, I think they did Bleach, they did Mob Psycho, they did Attack on Titan, and those are Japanese studios, and they did just, just <laughs> as bad of a job. Yeah. Because I think the genre itself is innately very difficult to translate into live action. Yeah. So that's yeah. my way of saying it's not really their fault, but still kind of their fault. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think I've ever seen one like, okay, I told you I'm not an anime person, but just looking at snippets of Ghost in the Shell, I would think that that would be an amazing movie. Yes, because they had a full budget, a full real Hollywood budget. They had Scarlett Johansson, the visuals, the CG, the world building was all aesthetically very, very pleasing. And, you know, to be honest with you, I didn't really hate Ghost in the Shell that much. I mean, you can nitpick at certain things that it was a bad carbon copy of the original. But I think if you just turned off your anime brain and your anime critic and you just enjoy the movie visually, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, a lot of fun has been made, poked fun at the mm-hmm. casting of Scarlett Johansson. But, you know, the anime itself, like like we said with Cowboy Bebop, it's a little ambiguous of the ethnicity of the assassin or is it is it really clear that she's japanese or just looking visually there are which some... one are we referencing right now a uh, ghost in the shell what's her name a ghost in the shell uh i think she is japanese okay. i think at some point because there have been so many spin-offs and so many um subsequent sequels to the original ghost in the shell i think she has been referenced as being japanese all right i'm deleting this then it never happened <laughs> it's okay <laughs> you gotta keep the bad content out there so yeah. that when the good content comes out people have a a reference point well because that's the thing right when you're when you're when you're drinking a beer shooting the breeze with a with a friend right the bs meter you know, just goes, <laughs> like, you know there's so much nonsense that's said so we'll just you know that's life sometimes you make mistakes so uh i don't know i i I didn't hate it either, but I guess it just left a bad taste in my mouth because I was like, oh, she should have been Japanese, I guess, maybe. Yeah, that's true. I I think 
a lot of people that hate on the movie have not even watched the movie, which yeah. is not fair because you see all these memes, you see a lot of this hating of Scarlett Johansson for taking the lead, and it's not her fault. And if you forget the fact that sh that she should be Asian, and you just try to take the movie as a whole, it's not as bad as the internet makes it out to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jimmy O Yang has a great line. He was just like, you know, I don't blame Scarlett Johansson. He's like, if they if they gave me money to play George Washington, I'd play the hell out of George Washington. You know, it's like exactly that's true. <laughs> money talks. Exactly. Um, one recent thing that that was actually kind of decent. Have you seen it on Netflix? It's called Alice in Borderlands. Yeah, yeah. Has that has that popped up on your recommended on Netflix? <laughs> well, yeah, no, definitely. I've watched it. I, you know, I watched it before Squid Game, and I actually liked mm. it better than Squid Game, to be honest. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. I actually watched it after Squid Game. I saw it before, but I, I never get a chance. Once I finished Squid Games, I wanted more of that um, survival horror genre kind of thing. And I remembered that that had actually come on and I watched it afterwards. So yeah, yeah. maybe we have different views because you saw it before Squid Games. I saw it after Squid Games. So different reference point. I thought it was, it was acceptable. You know, B minus. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, that, so that was a webtoon or was that actually anime? Was that? That was a manga. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Korean dramas are bringing webtoons by the handful yeah. to the yep, yep. the little screen. And, and successfully, a lot of the, you know, What's Wrong with Secretary Kim, a lot of the big names, Sweet Home, like all those were, were originally webtoons, which is basically a manga, yep. right? It's Yeah, pretty much. It's just a different medium in which it's released, but it's a manga. Yeah, but it, those do well for some reason. So, hmm, 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 hmm. I can see why it's hard. Well, we'll talk about it later, maybe when we actually give our opinion on this show. But I, I think there's a couple things that I can think of that why it would be hard to do that. Why it'd be hard to bring an anime to live action. But yeah. actually, let's let's talk about this actual show. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, first off, the look. What do you what do you think when you first started watching, or maybe you saw the the trailer for it? What do you think of the look? Did it work for you? I think the trailers before the full episodes actually released, the trailers did a very good job of mimicking the original feel of the anime, um, especially the opening theme, the OP. Now, yeah. that was on point. That was very, very good. And I think when they released that, I think that was the first trailer, correct? It was just the OP. Yeah. And that did a good job hyping myself up for it. Right. So visually, it was very, very good. Um, at least in the beginning, there are things that if you want to nitpick compared to the anime, you can do so. But just taking the show as is on its own, I think they did a good job. Stylistically, it was very pleasing. Yeah, and it's super difficult, right? Because animes, they, there's no limit to their creativity. There's no limit to their, you know, they can have all these things happen in space. They can have this, um, you know, hyperspace portal thing. And, you know, they can do all this stuff on anime. <laughs> they can do whatever they want, right? They can bend bullets. It doesn't matter, right? Yeah, exactly. It's the same cost to draw a candy cane as it takes to draw a hyperspace portal. It's all the same. It's all the same colors. Yeah. It's the same graphics. Yeah, yeah. But when you're starting to, you know, like they have this one scene, uh, I forget her name, but one of the characters uh, is at a like a metal smelting factory or something. One of the viciouses. Oh, yeah. One of the other crime bosses. Yeah. She's at like a, a, a smelting factory. And I was just watching mm -hmm. this. I was like, this is only on for like three minutes total. Yeah. And the elaborate set they had to make to do, it wasn't CGI. They had, you know, they had to have a physical. It was a real set, yeah. Yeah, and they built the Bebop. 
And I think the director was saying it's like the size of a, a basketball court. Like, <laughs> there's an upstairs and a downstairs to that set. And it was just Netflix really, budget. really elaborate. Yeah. So they, they spent a lot on the look of it. And like we said, it jumps genre, right? So there's some scenes that, that are kind of like the, the Wild West in kind of deserty, dry towns. And then there's nightclubs and then there's outer space. And then, you know. Mm and there's kind of like gritty earth kind of places in the 1930s with old fashioned cars and jazz clubs and all this stuff. And so it's really, um, it's a, it's a feast for the eyes in a lot of ways, but at the same time, it, it, it I don't think it totally can match up with the enemy. Like, cause like you said, you can go, you can do anything in the anime visually, you know, and it's, they did great but I think you're just never going to get that exact feel of the anime. Yeah, the live action was a tasteful recreation, both in terms of the visuals, the backgrounds, even the costumes or so. You know, They're not carbon copies of the... Uh, maybe besides Spike's costume, they're not carbon copies of the original costumes from the anime, but they're all very tasteful adaptations of it. And for yeah. obvious b- budgetary reasons, for uh, technical reasons, I'm sure, you can't have the same world building that you do on a anime platform where you can literally just draw a whole world in the background and it makes no difference right, right. you, you, you exactly. can't do that and i've heard that cgiing a background itself is also very expensive yeah it's not free yeah so aesthetics i, I give a solid b plus on aesthetics i think the look was pretty good but you know when you're used to watching just crazy anime not crazy is not the right word but elaborate anime mm-hmm. scenery it 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 just can't you can't do it but it looked pretty good looked pretty good yeah all right so the acting it got off to a rocky rocky start didn't it i think yeah. the chemistry between jet and spike at least in the first couple episodes i think that distracted from my experience in the beginning and that's why i kind of had a hard time getting into the flow of things yeah. and i don't think that's anything to do with uh, the two actors i think the dialogue that they were given was just kind of bland it almost yeah. felt at times like I was watching an anime dubbed poorly. Mm-hmm. And just have there's something not natural about it. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. It it's like they weren't talking to each other; they were just reciting lines. Yep. And sometimes anime is a little like that, right? Sometimes anime is a little bit like you're talking to yourself because, you know, like with a a manga or like a comic book, you know, there's like conversation bubble and it just kind of pops up there, and so. Yeah. It's not like a, like a, um, it's not. There are times in the manga and the anime when they have thoughts in their head that you have to then translate to spoken word when you do a live app, a live, live action uh, version of something. And then that just comes off a bit uh, strange, a bit unnatural because there may be certain things are just meant for their brains to be thinking as opposed to them actually saying out loud, but they have to do so in, in order for it to be relayed to the audience. Yeah, so it kind of stalled out. Like you said, it was a little. I think we were we were texting each other like I'm on episode two, and like, yeah, I'm on episode three. <laughs> it's like it took us it was a like while. A slow burn in the beginning, yeah. Slow burn, yeah. So you know, we know these guys can act. We know that they're they're good actors, but yeah, the dialogue or something about the chemistry. Um, part of it too is maybe you're doing so much on these these um really elaborate sets it's almost distracting you know maybe i don't know but it, it, it wasn't felt as if the first couple episodes there was more there was a bit more background um how do you say it? they spent a bit more time and 
uh, purpose showing you the background and that may have distracted from the actual dialogue that they were trying to have. Yeah, yeah, maybe. So it doesn't it doesn't flow like um you know a dialogue driven drama. You're supposed to I think take in the visuals, get to know the characters, and plot wise, um, how close? Like I've, I've watched. I'm only up to like episode six on the anime, but it looks like they pulled certain things, and it's not in order. That's not in the same order at all. But they pulled yeah. certain things almost literally. And reproduce them, and then some things were totally different. What, what do you think about the storytelling? Uh, the anime itself has a lot. Well, the anime itself was twenty six episodes. They were short episodes, but there was m- far more subplots and small uh, side stories in the anime. And I think for the sake of just bringing it to a ten episode live action thing, they had to cherry pick certain things. And I think they were also saving some content just in case there was a season two. Right. Uh, I think they did the best that they could because you have three protagonists and there should be four, but we'll talk about that later. Uh There are three three main protagonists and you're trying to weave in their uh, richer background story into a cohesive plot that... um, flows properly and then it's 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 hard to do that because you only have 10 episodes or so yeah because a lot of backstory on all of them there is a lot of backstory one of the main things about this is you have three very flawed people and they have a very deep rich backstory you know um i think one of the main underlying points of the original anime is you can't run away from your past Mm -hmm. and what the anime does very well is it explored uh, the past of each one of these characters in a way that I don't think you got as much from the live action. Yeah, yeah. Well, makes sense, the the time constraints. Yep. Um, so I was a little surprised watching the anime that one of the climactic scenes where uh, Spike and Vicious are, you know, Spike's got his gun to Vicious's shoulder and Vicious has his sword. Is, that was like episode five, you know, that was like really early. Yeah, yeah, that. that was right in the beginning when he fell off the clock tower, church tower yeah. or something. Yeah, 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 that happens pretty early on. Yeah, but they, they changed it up. Yeah, and they made that kind of the whole through line was this love triangle mm-hmm. between Spike, Julia, and Vicious. That was one of the main themes, and kind of you know, it's kind of Spike's purpose for living is to try to find her and free her, and you know, love her and live yeah. happily ever after. Right, that was his goal in life. Um, and so that's kind of the through plot. And then there's these episodes where they're trying to get different bounties, which are fun. You know, those are fun. Um, so yeah, so I think this is, I, I think the storytelling, I don't know. How would you rate the plot? I, it worked, Um, but it wasn't great. Exactly. It worked. I think they stitched it together. They did the best they could. If you knew nothing of the anime, I think you would probably give the plot a bit higher score. If you want to be critical and say it doesn't take the best points from the anime, the best subplots, then maybe you want to give it a C. But I, but honestly, not to be too critical, I think it's the best that they could have done. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I actually, I really like the ending. <laughs> sort oh, did of. you? Sort of. Yeah. I, I mean, it's disappointing. But it it made more sense that so you know spoiler alert so Julia just like you dummy you know why didn't you come for me like that totally makes sense you know now yeah. I think because the whole time I was thinking she's gonna fall in his arms you know mm-hmm. he's gonna rescue her they're gonna live happily ever after 
But she just points the gun at him and said, where were you these last four years? Yeah, it's very tragic. I think the ending of the Netflix show, even though it's not exactly what happened in the end of the anime, it has the same feeling where all the characters are somewhat separated from each other. They kind of go their own ways. And I don't want to spoil the anime unless you want me to spoil the anime for people out there. But let's just say it has the same sad feeling that it gives you where each person goes their own separate ways. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like is a strong word, but I was satisfied with the ending. <laughs> um, so, overall, yeah, I again, I, I'm in the B range on the plot, maybe a little lower than aesthetics. Yeah. I think, yeah, but, I mean, it's definitely watchable, and, and <clears throat> there is a payoff at the end. Uh, did you have a, a favorite character? Oh, Faye, for sure. She yeah. did a great job, you know. We were saying before that the dialogue was kind of uh, didn't really work together. The chemistry between Jet and Spike at, at first didn't seem to work as well. But I, I think as soon as Faye came to the picture, the yeah. dynamic between the three of them was much better than just the two of them prior to her. So she brought a bit of a fresh air to the whole uh, series. And I think from the point that she entered the show, well, first episode, right? Was she there in the first episode? Early, yeah. Not, not- uh, she. She came, she went, and then she came back. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But she, but she definitely made it much more enjoyable. I think the chemistry between the three, the three of them, the dynamic worked much better. I and, agree. And, and that's kind of when I forgot, and or, or at least I tried to just let go of the fact that some of the dialogue was just not as natural. Yeah. And she's she's quite different than the anime, you know. <laughs> Definitely yeah. less sexualized than the, <laughs> so the well, anime is like the, the costume that she has in the anime, if you just turn the wrong way, it's gonna fall off. So Yeah. Yeah, can't yeah, can't do that on the live action. Yeah. And you know, the the character in the anime I don't know, seems like she's nineteen or twenty years old or like you know, the and then the live action it feels like everyone's a little older. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, they are. They're a little bit older. Um do you want to talk about the fourth missing character, the main, the fourth protagonist? Well, let's talk. Yeah, let's get talk about John Cho first for a second. What do you think of John sure. Cho's portrayal as uh, Fearless? Uh, oh, side note: in the anime, he, he was never called Fearless. I think that's a oh, really? story. Pl- yeah, his name for when he was in the syndicate was not really referenced. Huh. Um, Vicious was referenced, and you know, the two of them being partners, Fearless and, and Vicious, they work hand in hand, but. The name Fearless, as far as I can remember, and I tried to skim through the anime just to make sure I was not wrong about this, but they never said the word Fearless. That's a uh, Netflix thing. Huh. So, do, did you like his portrayal? What do you think? Yeah, John Cho did a really good job. He did the best he could with the character. Um, at times, I felt that John Cho and Spike specifically, I wish he had a couple more episodes, a couple more side stories that would kind of dove deeper into his, his backstory maybe built up his character a little bit more because that character is very rich and there was a lot that they left at the that they left on the table but john yeah. Cho did the best he could with them yeah you want unpopular opinion go for it i kind of wish he was a little younger <laughs> you, you you wish there was a younger person playing spike i wanted harold i wanted young john Cho. <laughs> oh yeah you want the uh, skinny, fat, a little bit soft John Cho to play him. 
<laughs> no, I don't uh, know. I, just, I don't know about that, Curtis. I don't know about that. I feel like I feel like Spike Spiegel in the anime has a little more swagger versus he does. the yeah. versus the live action John Cho, forty nine year old John Cho had a little <laughs> more had a little more life, you know, a little more beat up, you know, mm. which is fine. But I think I think the spirit of the anime had Spike Spiegel being a little younger, a little you know less, a little less more loosey goosey. Yeah, yeah, a little less life under his belt versus you know a little less regrets. Only you know only that one regret and maybe. But when you look at forty nine year old John Cho's face, which looks amazing, you know I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying he looks old, but I'm saying he has a little life to him, you know, a little more life under his belt. Once you get a bit more deeper into the anime, if you hopefully if you finish the anime and get to episode twenty six, you realize that uh, Spike the character is a very depressing character. Yeah, I think John is he plays it very representative of the latter half of the anime series. Ah, maybe that'll make a bit more sense when you get to okay. it. Okay. Yeah, because the because the first half of the anime is uh, they throw in small tidbits about Julia and his past and their side stories, but for the most part, it's uh, I would say comedic bounty adventures that they're jumping back and forth on. Yeah. So it it, it makes it seem a bit more lighthearted, but at its heart, at its ending and its deeper meaning, the anime is you know kind of depressing. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, so I'll keep an open mind about that, but uh, no, he did great. I think I think you're right. He did the best he could with what he had, and I, I like the character. And you know, John Cho is great. Um, you have a favorite scene or episode? My favorite episode was the one where Spike was stuck in that AI-driven memory loop. Yes, yes, that same. was very reminiscent of Twilight Zone, or for our younger viewers, Black Mirror. It was uh-huh. one of those things. I, for whatever reason, it gave me like a little uh, Twilight vibe, and that was a cool episode. Yeah. It was. Yeah, and then the whole like, he, he, if he lets go of his vision or if he lets go mm-hmm. of his purpose, then he dies. And that last recreation of it, he t- he grabs her and takes her. You know, he's like, "You're gonna come in with me no matter what." Yeah. So that yeah, was yeah, cool. Yeah. 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 Well, well see, and, and that's what planted the seed in my head that they were gonna fall in love again, live happily ever after. I was like, oh yeah, this is what's gonna happen. And then they they gave me a one eighty on that, which is fine. Yeah, which is fine. Uh, but yeah, one of my favorite scenes uh, was that one. Did you enjoy the fighting overall? Um, because John Cho did say he had to do a lot of his, uh, you know, he, he he had to train a lot for this. I, I think at some point in some interview he referenced as this being the most difficult role that he, that he's ever played, uh, both physically, yeah, uh, physically and acting, in part because he tore his ACL, of course. Uh-huh. It didn't look amazing, you know, because we're so used to Shang Chi, or we're, you know, we're really used to really fast, high budget, high budget, yeah. But it worked. There's also far less spacing about in the show that I wish they did a bit more um, action scenes in space. Ah. But I get that it's for budgetary reasons. But, <laughs> you know, yeah, s- space yeah. cowboy, I would have liked them to be in space a bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that um, the scene I really liked was uh, when uh, Jed is watching his daughter's recital and uh, Spike has to fight off Minky's Minky's guys in the background, and it's just <laughs> that that worked for me because he's just running around grabbing whatever he can to hit him with, and but he's yeah. you know, he's still he's still he's still good, 
he's still really good at beating people up, but it just was hilarious. That was one of my favorite scenes. And the shopkeeper had no idea what was going on with yeah. Jet. Because Jet was connected into his Oculus teleporting Zoom yeah. call thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, was good. that was a funny scene. That was a good scene. Uh, you can see that being an anime scene, too. That's just, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like the way it works. Um, anything really didn't work for you? Uh, vicious. Yeah. Nothing, uh, uh, nothing against the actor. I thought he was very single noted. He, and they gave him basically a whole episode to try to show his backstory and show him as a character and what happened to him. He had basically a whole episode to him. And I still, at the end of it, all I got was he was just a spoiled kid, a spoiled angry kid with uh, daddy issues. Yeah. Yeah, not a lot of depth. And then even just his look, I mean, the bleached hair and his acting is over the top. I mean, it is anime, right? But his acting is really over the top. And yeah, there's you don't get the sense that there was any reason for Julia to ever like him, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah in and the that's at some yeah. points, he didn't even seem like he would be that scary. He was just a very angry person. You know, in the anime, they played the better. He was more the silent, cool, collected assassin that yeah. you would fear but you but he's not going to come out there and just start screaming at you for for no reason yeah yeah and what are they called the elders or the yeah the elder is the head of the syndicate yeah they just look kind of dumb to me <laughs> <laughs> i don't know well those costumes are pretty accurate yeah okay i mean i'm i'm sure but in the anime it probably works better in, in here it, it does. just look like masks you know yeah it does that's, that's one of those things where you know you can't blame them they tried their best but some things like we keep saying just don't translate well yeah yeah so i don't know overall uh what grade would you give this uh let, let's forget for a second that it is an anime adaptation okay just standing on its own as a show what would you give it? i would give it taking off my anime weeb fandom hat i would give it a B minus? Yeah, I'm right about there too. Really? Yeah. And then as an adaptation, even lower, you think? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, yeah. I got to knock it down a few pegs. And the, you know, the, the strange thing is, I don't want to make it sound like I'm a super critical fan, you know, just because I like the anime, just because I'm a self proclaimed weeb. Because the one thing that I think is embarrassing is most anime fans are unnecessarily. They have unnecessarily strong opinions about live action adaptations of their, of especially when it's a treasured property, right? And now a studio is trying to make something out of it. So I think that does need to be tampered down a bit. Yeah, yeah. So just just standing on its own is definitely watchable. Solid B, B minus. Um, if you're a hardcore Cowboy Bebop fan, you're probably not gonna love it. But you probably should watch it, right? You probably should watch it. You, you you should watch it because it's new content. The thing about Cowboy Bebop, unlike a lot of other uh, big uh, properties, is there's not a lot of spinoffs. I think there's only one spinoff movie, and that was way early on. And that movie takes place in the middle of the series. So if you just want more Cowboy Bebop content, then this is all you got. This is all can't, you got? Yeah. Can't complain. All right. So who would you recommend it to? <sighs> I would recommend it to anyone that has nothing better to watch on Netflix and just wants to see John Cho and on his abs, specifically more zoom ins of his abs. Okay, all right. So John Cho fans for sure. Um, it kind of reminded me a little bit. Do you ever watch Firefly or 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, love that show. Yeah, yeah, love that show. So it's got a little bit of that feel to it. You know, kind of true, a true. sci-fi western. Oh, um, that's a that that's a side point. I really wish Firefly could get a second season, but, but I know they tried to wrap up with the movie. Yeah, yeah. I you know I love the movie too. But they're, you know, actually they were saying, I, I read one review of this show and they were saying that the dialogue was reminiscent of Josh Whedon's kind of Buffy Vampire Slayer kind of stuff. Like the way really? that, like he, the, the reviewer was saying that the way they talk in this is kind of like Josh Whedon where they're just trying to be super clever and it's not like they're really talking to anyone. They're just always mm. trying to say something funny. Up each other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they're saying that. that's kind of characteristic of Josh Whedon, and then I started thinking about you know Firefly. I was like, oh yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but I don't hate it. But they they didn't like it. They were saying that yeah, that's one of the reasons this thing stalls out is because the dialogue is always just trying to be funny to be funny, mm-hmm. and not it's almost like they're talking to the audience and not talking to each other. So uh, yeah, the internet has strong opinions about this. I tried my best not to look at it prior to coming onto the show because I didn't want to uh, get their opinions stuck in my head. But I took a, a quick glance, and it's uh, not very nice out there. Yeah, yeah. Yet people watched it, so it's gotten some eyeballs on it. So yeah, I, mm-hmm. I recommend it to people who kind of like that genre, kind of like a genre bending show. The visuals are great. If you kind of like the soundtrack soundtrack yeah yeah for sure that's why the trailer was so good is the soundtrack they got you the, the trailer was probably better than any one single episode <laughs> yeah for <laughs> so sure. just go watch the trailer on on repeat on loop <laughs> <laughs> all right man well thanks for coming along i think that's going to do it for episode number 16 thanks to link g for coming by and giving your time anytime this is your A-plus opinions. You saved all your worst opinions for your podcast. So thanks yep, for bringing yep. the, the good stuff. <laughs> also, I reined in the profanity. You'll be oh, yeah. very proud. Very yeah, proud. We, we are a wholesome show around here. We <laughs> you are definitely a wholesome show. I have my, th- my thesaurus next to me, and I try to do my best. <laughs> you know what someone told me is that their kid listens to podcasts before they go to, they're like their 10 year old kid listens to podcasts when they go to sleep like a bedtime story yeah and guess who's on <laughs> guess who's on the list the, infatu- on the, list? the infatuated not not there the worst asian podcast <laughs> no no please please yeah. don't but don't be a bad parent but the uh yeah infatuation podcast so i gotta be careful man i got a little we got little kids listening to us Link-Gi, we got <laughs> yeah you can't click that check mark for e yeah you don't want to do that yeah, I don't want to go into that that segment. Yeah, so uh, no, but it, it's a pleasure having you on here. Uh, everybody, give a listen to the worst Asian podcast. You got a new episode coming soon. What's happening? What's the plan over there? Uh, we try to release new episodes every single Thursday. We're gonna stay committed to that. I, I hope this doesn't age like milk. So every single Thursday, <laughs> a new episode of our podcast. Like I said. No one wants our handle, so you can find us on all the social medias at Worst Asian Pod. If you want to look at our faces, if you want to look at our, if you want to listen to us, then we're on all the major platforms: Apple, Spotify, all that jazz. Just go to www.worstasianpod.com, and it'll just take you everywhere. Yeah, and uh, you had a great line for your holiday show because this is the last one we're doing of 2021. We're gonna take a two-week break. But on your holiday show, you had a great line, or Ben had a great line about, hey, hey, everyone out there, 
just have us playing in the kitchen while you know you're getting your your Christmas Hanukkah you know Kwanzaa meal together. Just have us in the background, and someone might say, "Hey, hey what is this? What what are we listening to here?" And you know, then we're so. trying to plug our own show on our own show. <laughs> <laughs> So everyone out there, if you could have it playing in the background while you're getting your feast together, you know, everyone's washing the dishes or, you know, making some mashed potatoes or something, have us in the background. You know, it's no fun to work in the kitchen without some sound in the background. So yeah, have us playing. That's the whole point of podcast, just to keep you company. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe you're, you know, maybe you're doing the after, after Christmas walk off, the walk of uh caloric shame as you're trying to work <laughs> off your hundreds of overeating calories yeah have us on your walk with you or you know just tell a friend about us um i need some i'm, I'm trying to get more ratings on apple so i have an idea uh, i was, I, was I, I dove deep into that and i read the newest things about ratings themselves not actually being that important oh never mind but but nope, don't don't hold me to it. I this was new information that I partially digested and I'm regurgitating to you, to you. So as as per brand, I could be wrong. <laughs> I was gonna offer people a dollar for a five star review. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that's probably better. That probably works better. <laughs> All right, if you leave me a five star review or a review, actual review. Um, I'll Venmo you a dollar. <laughs> so. What they should do is in the review because i hear that written reviews are better for the algorithm than just straight number reviews they should just put their Venmo address in the review <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then you can you can absolutely. just Venmo them right there absolutely Perfect. so yeah so go to apple Podcasts, go to my show link and write a review i don't care yeah just literally put your Venmo <laughs> address in there and just keep checking you'll get that dollar sooner or later so up to up to 100 people <laughs> that's my limit that's funny. If I get a hundred reviews, that's your marketing budget. That's it. Oh shit! That's that's a hundred dollars <laughs> over my marketing budget. But, uh, but yeah. So anyway, folks out there, have a great holiday. Uh, whatever holiday you celebrate, have a great time, and we'll see you. Well, the Infatuation Podcast. We'll see you in January. Are you going to power through the holidays and keep coming with that Thursday every Thursday episode thing? One hundred percent. This is not going to age like milk. You heard it here every Thursday. <laughs> Expect amazing worstness on the Spotify. Perfect. Or perfect. Apple. Yeah. So uh, thanks, everyone out there for listening. On behalf of Lingji and myself, we hope you're all happy, healthy, and safe out there. We'll talk to you soon, and bye. Take care. Happy holidays. That was refreshing. Well, uh, what's uh, how so? Trying to think. You ever heard that line? And I think I heard it from um, crap. What is it? Roman Mars. He does ninety nine percent invisible. Yeah. yeah. I think he did some 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 interview where and and this is just me paraphrasing. Like the person that you are on the radio is not you. It's you playing a version of you. Right. Yeah. 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 And like yeah. and and to a certain extent, I'm I'm sure like we we can all say it's true. Like we're just 
exaggerating certain parts of ourselves, you know, for the yeah. internet. So do you do you ever forget that you're recording? Like you're just talking to Ben, you're just talking. Yeah, yeah. You know, like um, be, behind the scenes stuff. Like the thing that we do, the, the thing that I have to edit the most is uh, we go off tangent yeah. a lot because <laughs> yeah. we forget that we're recording shit. Yeah. And then we'll go off on a completely different topic, and and sometimes we get too too personal, and then we go, oh. We probably shouldn't yeah. say you know say these things, and then we have to rewind. So I'm just constantly editing, cutting out snippets where I'm like, and yeah, we went off tangent again here and here, here and there. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I guess I, the benefit to that is you have more content to then try to uh, chop down into a usable episode, right? Yeah. No, I think with two of us, I don't think I'll need to do. I mean, we talked over each other a couple times, but that's really easy to clean up with the two tracks. You know, just delete one of us. <laughs> that's true. That is very true, and it's actually better because there is no bleed from no our bleed. mic into the other mic because we're one yeah. country away. Yeah. No. So my show is probably much more feels like an interview. Yeah, it does. It does. And then yours is much more of a conversation. That's so. true. Yeah. Well, yeah. for whatever our conversation is worth, it feels yeah. like. <laughs> well, yeah. So it's it's pretty hard because you you're constantly aware that you're on Zoom, you know, and you're being recorded mm-hmm. with with my style. But every so often, my what my some people eagle eagle eared listeners have said that the first sometimes I, I you know I record for two hours and then I use, mm-hmm. and they said that the second hour sounds a lot more relaxed and a lot more natural. That's true. Because you cut your episodes into two weeks, right? Basically. Like the uh, sitcom one was one whole recording, but you cut it up into two weeks? Yeah, most of them are like that, yeah. Mm. So the first hour, like you said, we're all kind of playing a character. We're all kind of like, okay, it's showtime. You know, it's interview Mm. time. We're answering questions. I'm going to sound smart. I'm going to sound whatever. (laughs) And then by the second hour, we're just tired. You know, we're just talking. But people say it feels a lot more natural, more relaxed. That's so. true, too. Because when you're sitting down and you're questioning a person back and forth, I think when you sound like a reporter on yeah. CNN trying to, uh, get a, trying to get a response from someone, it's not as good to listen to when both sides are more relaxed, when you're both yeah. kind of like let your guard down and you're right. okay just saying whatever. And yeah, I think by the second hour, you would say like the lines that you have in your head are all gone. Yeah. <laughs> You're actually right? talking. Yeah, you're actually talking. Yeah, you're actually talking, talking. You're not yeah. just reciting things that you thought about wanting to say. Yeah, my script. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have good show notes too, but you also jumped around, which I'm glad because that makes me feel bad. When I have my show notes and we jump around way too much, I'm like, damn it, how can we not just... It's like four lines, right? You just try yeah. to stay on four lines, but <laughs> it's good to see that even you, with your very in-depth script, you skipped around too. Well, yeah, I like to write it out just in case, but yeah, you know, if someone's talking about costumes, then all of a sudden you go, well, how about that acting, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Yeah, so I just, I like to write it out as a a safety net, but in reality, I kind of have it memorized where I kind of want to say stuff, but the script is there just in case. All right, so this will be next Wednesday. I'll clean it up a little, but... uh,